Up until now, we've explored performance in its traditional form, entertainment presented before an audience. From the traditional stages of Lincoln Center and Broadway to contemporary spaces like Alvin Ailey and refreshing new takes like The Shed, these are formal stages that we seek out to view the arts as a spectator. Even spaces like the McKittrick that walk the line of theater and nightlife have a clear delineation between onstage and off. However, anyone who spent a night in New York City knows that the real heat, the real pulse of the city, is found on a different kind of stage, the dance floor. Hello passengers, this is your captain speaking. We are preparing for our final descent into Hot Girl Summer. The time on the ground is 2021, with strong vibes coming in from the south. Please make sure your extra baggage is stowed away, your posture is upright, and your cheeks are clenched as we near our final destination. We'll be making our rounds once more to make sure the vibes are immaculate. And as a final reminder, please remember to catch flights, not feelings. I got the vaccine. As soon as the city reopened, the debauchery was back. Some waited patiently for an Instagram story or a group text to signal the return of iconic nightlife staples. Montana and I love a lounge, so you know we had to check out Paul's Casablanca the first Sunday in June. As soon as I moved to the city and realized there was a Morrissey night where they would also play The Strokes and Arctic Monkeys at Paul's Casablanca, it became an instant favorite. But it's been a while, so going back I was really curious to see what we'd find, and you could say we weren't disappointed. As soon as we walked down that long, dim, hallowed hall that is Casablanca, I was hit with flashbacks to some of my first nights out in the city. Think Rose Bar, the Mondrian, Soho Grand, it was like that scene in Anastasia where the ghosts of her imperial Russian past flood back into the ballroom. But there's a different kind of waltz in the lounge. Instead of ball gowns and tiaras and Baroque ballroom, we have vintage Vivian Westwood and IMGA under the glow of Moroccan lanterns against the tiled walls. Before the pandemic, even in our mid-twenties, we were starting to feel a bit old for the scene. We got dressed in our Gen Z best and hit the dance floor, excited to groove to our alt-rock faves. We plopped down on the velvet cushions every now and then to give our feet a rest and people watch, and were puzzled by the scene in front of us. We fully expected the club to be swarming with NYU undergrads, but looking around, there is an eclectic mix of people from all walks of life. Vibing in the corner is a 40-something-year-old man in a fedora and curled mustache. Marching through the doors is a 20-something-year-old girl rocking biker shorts, crop top, BFFs in tow. And suddenly... Sitting right next to us is a blue-eyed, curly-haired man introducing himself as James. We pegged him as an NYU student based on the fit, baggy jeans and a band tee, and the youthful friend group, but soon learned that he was actually a 35-year-old CEO who bolted out of the club at 2 a.m. to make his morning investor meeting. It was jarring, but refreshing, especially because he did not look a day over 22, I still stand by it, and literally had to pull out his ID to prove that he was born in the 80s. It's almost like we all collectively decided to zombie back to the club to reclaim our early 20s. 
Paul's is performance art. We have our iconic lead roles like Ludwig and Damien at the door, creating the vibe with a discerning eye. The waitresses from Norway and France and the Lower East Side all working together to keep the cast in line. We have the DJ in his orchestra pit conducting the show. And first chair, still the rich guy in the back with the table, but the rest of us take cues and wait for our own solos. The drink spill, the jumping and screaming with your new club bestie, the inevitable chat-up lines. We like to think it's spontaneous, and it is to a degree, but you definitely put on a persona for the night. New Yorkers, choose your fighter. We made a few club friends that night, as one does, and I'm not entirely sure who they are outside those walls or Instagram, but I'm not sure I even care to know. I mean, as far as I could tell, we were out with Andy Warhol and Liza Minnelli. Yes, I'm casting myself as Liza here, but joking aside, I did really feel that everyone wanted to be seen, and not even as a cooler version of themselves, but just as a human, with thoughts and feelings and raw emotion that needed to be let out after the past year and a half. So that was our Sunday, and then we decided, what the hell, let's get cocktails. So we made reservations at a few of the newer lounges opening in the city, like La Noche. You know, that bar you've seen all over TikTok that's in the subway station at 23rd. There's definitely something about a subterranean stage. We checked out the secret subway speakeasy at 28th Street Station this week, and let me tell you, the vibes were immaculate. The atmosphere was very quaint and intimate, and the music was fabulous. Here's some drinks I recommend trying. One of them is on the secret menu, and later we got to chat with the owner, hear his life story, and he brought us a round of shots on the The New York City speakeasy scene is a case study in performance in its own right. Obviously, they first popped up in the 1920s and 30s during America's Prohibition era, but the city's been obsessed with recreating them ever since. Exclusivity is definitely part of it. With La Noche, even though it's open to anyone and they actively advertise on Instagram, the act of DMing to make a reservation makes you feel like you're in on something that the other 8 million people in the city haven't caught on to yet. It was pretty tame when we went, and granted, it had just opened and it was a weekday, but they started up some late-night DJ sets, and I could see it shifting from cocktail bar into something a little more lively. Speaking of subterranean, we can't go downtown and talk about Marie's crisis. If you haven't been to Marie's, or if you're not a theater kid like me, it's a divey show tunes piano bar in the West Village that's like a safe haven for every person who identifies as theater kid. There's a two drink minimum of either like extremely strong well vodka sodas or beers. It's not posh at all, but it's a watering hole where you never know who you'll bump into. It could be the lead of your new favorite show, a bachelorette party, or just a gaggle of show tunes lovers. I remember that they reopened pretty early on in the pandemic because they opened as a restaurant, loose term there. But now that restrictions are lifted almost entirely on dining, we're getting a lot of our favorite spots back. 
Ah, uh, yep, another New York City staple, the Simi restaurant. Listeners, do not take offense because I am this girl too, but San Ambrose, Dante, Cafe Kitsune, performance art. I finally made it to American Bar a few weeks ago, and don't get me wrong, it was fantastic, but it totally validated our hypothesis about non-traditional stages and life in New York City as performance. What was it like? Well, shall I do a dramatic reading of one of my extra-long Instagram captions? Let me find it. This is how I imagine everyone reads them, by the way. The American Bar New York City concept is just as seamy as you thought, but oh so satisfying. Meant to draw on the history and allure of international private members clubs like Harry's and Swifties, there's a cool kid aura at American Bar that spills out into the street. The light-hearted lampshade illustrations by Luke Edward Hall draw a line uptown to Bemelman's, and the art collection feels like it was curated by your well-traveled aunt. Hits at the table included the Cachoe Pepe, King Salmon, and Whipped Ricotta. The Bev list was stacked with American classics and a healthy selection of reds, in my opinion. More important than the culinary lineup for me is always the vibe, which gets a solid chef kiss hand and sparkle emoji, and my scientific scoring system. The playlist bumped from Caroline Polachek to LCD Sound System with Ease, and the noisy crowd reminded us that it really is hashtag New York or nowhere. And it gave us enough cover to spill our juiciest gossip. The service was top-notch, and our waiter even pretended not to overhear the embarrassing stories we got a little too comfortable sharing in public. Okay, that's a huge thing I've noticed. It feels like people almost want to be overheard, saying the craziest things when they're out. They crave attention and miss getting that in-person reaction when telling a story. So we're all out here, stand-up comedians, putting on a set for our friends and anyone else that might walk by. Oh, absolutely. It was like we were eating on an SNL set. And people want to make friends, too, even at restaurants. It's beautiful. The last thing I wrote is pretty ridiculous, but I stand by it. Okay. Overall, I'd say it's like Poolside FM and Bamelman's had an 80s alt-rock baby that went to private school in the West Village. Or like that guy you really don't want to find charming, but he only shoots film, has an impressive working knowledge of the David Bowie anthology, and a trust fund he swears he won't touch. You went with Emil too, right? Yeah, he was in Palm Beach for a lot of the pandemic for work, so I did ask him about what it was like coming back to the city when we got dinner. All that being said, my question to you, a couple questions, but the first one is, like, how does it feel right now coming back to New York City? So, I, so before coming back to New York, I had this urge like, to like, be here, you know what I mean? Because you just know that... Where whatever's happening everywhere else, it wasn't what's happening here. And it's like hundred percent true. Like I came back on Friday night and being out just at dinner out in the city to a couple of the gay bars, it it feels like what like Pride Month feels like, but all the time. You know what I mean? Like what I don't know. I personally like, now that I'm 30, a gay dead had taken a little bit of a pause in like going out, you know what I mean? And, and was taking a step back from the scene and trying to, I don't know, find more meaningful ways to connect with people. So sitting at dinner and having long conversations or like meeting up at the park and having long conversations. And now all of that is still there, but like 
in a way went away because like all I want is like thank you so much it's like dance right like dance at the clubs that we used to dance with go to Paradisco at Labine and things like that you just want I don't know like it just all got taken away so quickly and you just want it back and I think it was more or I feel like for me it's more poignant because and I'm sure it will be the same for all the people that went away but having been away for a year and a half from New York without ever having planned it I went to be away for a week or two weeks and like a year and a half later I'm like holy shit I was in Texas and Florida for a year and a half I need to make up for lost time you know and I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna make up for lost time so I don't know it's awesome like New York has never felt better yeah <laughs> I totally agree. I totally agree. Um, okay, a follow-up question. What are you most excited for in this post-COVID renaissance? So, I'm most excited, I think, in a way, especially people our age or my age, really, but we have always followed these steps, right? Like that was the thing you had to do in college, and the next step is like you have to get that consulting job, that finance job, and then you have to like move on to the next stage. And I think having everything shut down, like the, the things that we would hold on to, so Monday through Friday was like, fuck, like this sucks, this really sucks. Then like Friday, Saturday, Sunday, we all like partied and saw friends and did all these things. And when suddenly that gets taken away and you're left with the other side, at least for me, it was like, it, I mean, I quit my job. You know what I mean? I quit my job with no plan to go back. And I think part of it is thinking, how did I waste? In, and I know it's that's like harsh, like not waste, but I spend eight years of my life where I couldn't see my friend like falling in love and getting engaged because I was underwriting a real estate deal. Fuck that. (laughs) Fuck that. So now I think a lot of people are coming back with that mentality of if your friends say, like, come out on Tuesday night, meet the guy that I'm really interested in and let's go for a drink. I'm going to go for that drink, you know, I've heard similar sentiments from friends, and I honestly relate to it too. I've been very pensive and reflective recently, thinking back through the decisions I've made, the rules I've taken on, the goals I've set. Coming out of COVID with everything opening up so suddenly, it's kind of as if we were cast as in understudy. We memorized our lines and learned the show, but never actually had to go in the spotlight. Now suddenly we get a call, the leads dropped out, it's our time to shine. And similarly, I find that I have this renewed curiosity and desire to explore the city and meet new people and just get the hell out of my apartment. And I know how to do it. I've done it all before. But at the same time, we do have to acknowledge that we're literally going from zero to 100. It is exhausting. It feels like just yesterday, a lot of us found so much peace in just taking simple walks throughout the city. Me and my sister joke about it, but walking was literally our hobby during the pandemic. I also went on a ton of walks. It forced me to see the streets so differently. I did stumble upon some new cafes and little pocket parks that I hadn't noticed before, but the West Village didn't really come back to life until the music returned. You know that older man that always sits outside with a cello? I actually shed a little tear when I saw him back out there for the first time. 
Of course, you also have the famed jazz clubs like Smalls, but my favorite part is when the music spills out into the streets with performances right outside your dinner table at Cafe Clooney or Lartusi. Walking through New York peak pandemic was haunting. The streets were eerily quiet, but walking the streets of New York now, it's so comforting to literally hear the city come back to life. One of my favorite subway stops is West 4th Street because you're met with music from the moment you step onto the platform. The sounds of drums, saxophones, and top 40 hits blare out of both speakers and lead you through Greenwich Village until you make it to a triumphant marble arc, more commonly known as Washington Square Park. This is the ultimate manifestation of artists claiming the streets as their stage, and is where we're headed next. <laughs> 